We welcome our listening audience now to a service uh, provided by Pastor Jeremy Lazell of Calvary Bible Church of Lapeer. Well, I want to say thank you, Bill, for that introduction, and want to say welcome to all those who are tuning in over WMPC. It is a blessing to be able to worship together today. It is a Sunday, and the sun is shining, and we are blessed to have Jesus Christ in common, and we're blessed to be able to have the Word of God that we can all have, those, that wonderful freedom. We're blessed to be able to sing, whether it be a joyful noise to the Lord, or whether it be uh, something that is where we're we're just still waking up and trying to do our best. We want to invite everybody to be a part of this worship service today. I am Pastor Jeremy Lazell, the pastor at Calvary Bible Church in Lapeer. And uh, let me tell you what we're going to be doing over the next several minutes. Uh, we're going to be spending some time praying, and uh, I'll be having some specific prayer requests that we'll give to you at the end. And we'll spend a season in prayer as we join our hearts together to pray. We're also going to be worshiping through song today, and um, you might know some of these songs. We're blessed to have uh, the artist uh, helping us out today, Phillips, Craig, and Dean, as well as the Haven Quartet, the Hallelujah Worship Band, the Campus Crusade for Christ Singers, as well as, well as Sela. And so they'll be our song leaders for the day, but I want you to be participating as much as possible. We truly are blessed to be in this place, and we truly are blessed to be able to gather around God's Word as well as sing, as well as pray. Would you be willing to pray with me right now? We'll ask for God's blessing on this worship time together. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we look to you, understanding that you knew this hour would come when we would join together around your Word. We would join and lift our voices and lift our hearts in praise to you. We thank you that we have something worthy of singing about. We thank you, God, that your son, Jesus Christ, was a worthy sacrifice for the sins of the world. It is truly so good to be able to know him personally. And we thank you that he knows us. We praise you as the scriptures tell us that he knows us better than we know ourselves. He uh, knows every detail about us. He knows what our strengths are and wants us to get better in those. He knows what our weaknesses are, and he wants to help us in those. We thank you, Father, for knowing us, and we thank you for the great love that Jesus showed through the work on the cross of Calvary. I would ask that you would bless this time, that the songs that we will be lifting our voices up to and or listening to, that they would be a wonderful blessing to your ears, that our hearts would be uh, in tune with what uh, you are and what you want us to be thinking about through this time. And so I would ask that you would push aside the distractions right now. We're going to need that, Lord. We're going to need your help to push aside distractions, to pay attention to the things that we are gathering together to do in this moment. We praise you for the wonderful blessing it is to be your children. And we thank you, God, that you are a God who looks upon this time and you're ready for us to worship you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm going to ask you to sing out if you know the song. The first song we're going to be worshiping with today is My Savior's Love. Please do sing out with us. I stand amazed in the presence 
Amen. That was a good one. We're going to be encouraged with scripture today from Romans chapter 8, and I'll read some selected verses from there before we worship with our next song. If Christ be in you, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. If ye, through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. We understand we are not in this journey on our own. We have God, and God will always make a way for us to get exactly where he wants us to go. Would you sing along the song, God Will Make a Way? He will make a way for me. He 
true of our Lord, and when we cannot see what we need in front of us, He gives us exactly what we need. God's grace is sufficient for each day. He doesn't give us too much. He doesn't give us too little. He gives us exactly what we will need. Well, I want to read some more scripture during our worship time today. I'm going to read a passage from 1 Peter 1 and also from Isaiah 53. Ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed." 
Let's continue to worship with one last song just before we open our Bibles to Romans 3. Let's worship with the song, How Deep the Father's Love for Us. Sing this one if you know it. Well, that is a very fitting song for our passage today. I want to ask you to go ahead and take your Bible and turn to Romans chapter 3. And we're going to be continuing our series in the book of Romans. I'm going to preach a sermon today that's entitled Reason to Sing. A Reason to Sing. 
and I trust that title will make good sense to you as we get in through this. And actually, I'm going to ask for some group participation for from all of those who are listening today. And so um, if you're by yourself, I want you to help us out and participate. If you're with a group, you might uh, help each other or maybe even have a little competition here in just a short time. The verses we're going to be covering are Romans chapter 3, starting in verse number 21 and going through the end of the chapter. And so would you read along while I read out loud? But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, for there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Then what becomes of our boasting? It is is excluded. By By what kind of law? By a law of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from the works of the law? Or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles also? Yes, of Gentiles also. Since God is one who will justify the circumstances by faith and the uncircumcised through faith, do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. Well, we're going to be looking at this powerful passage today, and what we're going to see are actually some of the most powerful themes in God's Word, and I'm going to challenge us and ask you to help me out with this message today by playing a little Name That Tune with me. Now, many of you can remember an old show called Name That Tune. It was something like you would would guess how many notes you would need to name a certain song. Well, what I'm going to do is we're going to go over six of these beautiful themes here. We're going to go quickly. So if you're taking notes, uh, write them down, and we'll go quickly through them. But as we go through each one of these themes, I am going to challenge you. I'm going to give a line from a song, and your part is to try to guess what song that is from. And so if you want to write it down so you remember, I'll go over all of them at the end. But I'm going to give you a line from a song that's a familiar hymn, most of them, and I want you to give me the title. All right, so you get ready and um, you help me out by, um, ch- by uh, naming that tune that we give when we talk about the tremendous theme that this passage covers. Okay, we are transitioning. Today is actually a major transition time in our, uh, in our study in Romans. The first section, almost what, all of what we've been talking about so far, has been sin. 
Man is sinful without exception, and God is just. And since he is just, there has to be a punishment for sin. We've just finished um, uh, that, that. The section on sin goes from chapter 1 and verse 19, I believe, and it goes through chapter 3 and verse 20. So this whole section on sin, and now we move past that, and now we move to the solution to the sin problem, which is salvation. And then when we're done with this area on salvation, we'll talk about sanctification, about sovereignty, and also about service. Okay, all that to bring us right to our text here in Romans chapter 3. Now, if I've not been able to get you excited enough about this section that we're going to be covering today, let me tell you the opinion of this section by some famous uh, theologians. Donald Barnhouse, a wonderful writer and blessing to so many of us preachers, said this years ago, he said, these verses are the most important verses in the Bible. And actually, Barnhouse had a heart that covered over these verses in this section that we'll be looking at today. Another scholar said this, if I could only have six verses from the whole Bible, it would be Romans chapter 3, verses 21 through 26. So I hope that you are encouraged by this passage that we're going to be looking at today. It certainly is a big difference from what we've seen in the wrath of God. And we find that transition right there in verse number 21 with those transitional words. You might want to underline it. Or if, you're, if you want to be like me, you can draw a line between verses 20 and 21 that represents this transition. But those transitional words that we see there are the words, but now. So he's talking about wrath, and then he says, but now. All right, if you're taking notes, here is the first one of our worship themes that we're going to be talking about, and then you try to guess the song that I refer to in just a moment. Worship theme number one is the theme of righteousness. Righteousness. We see that word righteousness four times here in our passage, but actually righteousness was introduced right before Paul jumps into this wrath section. Can I ask you to turn your Bible back just a page or two to Romans chapter 1, and he actually introduces this idea of righteousness in chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. Look at it with me. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. And so this theme of righteousness was where Paul was going from the beginning, but then he stops and he keys in on the wrath of God. But now we get to talk about his righteousness here in Romans chapter 3. Now, righteousness is not a new theme in the scriptures. In fact, it's talked about quite a bit in the Old Testament. But it was common when righteousness was talked about, it was referring to God's righteousness. And the idea there is God is always right. God is always perfect. Sometimes when his righteousness is being referred to, it is talking about when he is judging sin. 
Since God is perfect, since God is just, part of his righteousness means that sin has to be punished. And we'll find that referred to sometimes in the Old Testament. But here in Romans chapter 3, we do not find this word righteousness talking solely about the righteousness of God. But instead, he is talking about the righteousness that you and I, as sons and daughters of God, are made into. We have to ask the question when we approach the gospel, how is it that a holy God can have fellowship with sinful man without diminishing his own righteousness? In our passage in Romans 3, it said that righteousness in us was apart from the law. So he has spent a lot of time addressing these two different sides in the church at Rome and what they thought might make them righteous. And basically when he says it's apart from the law, the idea is it has nothing to do with any kind of goodness that you and I offer. Instead of anything that you and I offer, this speaks instead of a a righteousness that is a, are you ready? That is a gift. We can become righteous as a gift from God. And apart from God, what is my righteousness? What, what is anything that is righteous that I can offer apart from God? Well, Isaiah 64, 6 says that all of our righteousnesses are as what? Filthy rags. All right. The first theme that we sing about is righteousness. Let me go ahead and give you the line from a song. And we'll see if you can guess what that song is, all right? Here's the line from the song. I'm not going to sing it because I I think that would be too easy for you. The song is, Dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. Can you name that song? Dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. What is that song? I'll go over the answers at the end. But for right now, let's go ahead and move on to the second of these worship themes. How is this righteousness that Paul has introduced, how is it available? Well, it's available through our second theme, and that theme is faith. Faith in Jesus. So number two, our worship theme number two is faith. We find the word eight times here in this passage. And it's beautiful how we see this. And many people have an idea of what faith might be when it comes to our faith for our salvation. A good way of understanding it is faith is reaching out to Jesus with an empty hand. Nothing in my hand I bring simply to thy cross I cling. Now, it is not enough for us simply to have faith. It also is not enough for us to have faith in God, but it says here, Paul says here, we have to have faith in God the Son, Jesus Christ. You'll remember when Jesus walked on this earth, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And that's exclusive. That is not so friendly to the religions of the world. It's not that there are many paths to God. You cannot separate getting to God. You cannot separate that from his son, Jesus Christ. And so Paul says, secondly here, we must have faith in Jesus Christ. 
And then we come to verse number 23 in Romans 3. This is a familiar passage to many of us, possibly many have it memorized. And what we find in verse number 23 is we find the standard that each person falls short of. That's what's going on here. What is that standard that everybody falls short of? It is the glory of God. Nobody is going to be able to get to that standard on their own. Let me give an illustration that I hope will make this a little more clear. This uh, past year, my wife and I made a trip up to Mackinac Island, and it was a beautiful time of year, and we had a lovely time. We even got a nice coffee mug souvenir from my visit there. And as we went to Mackinac Island, we went and stood out there, and of course it's just gorgeous as far as what's on the island, but then you're surrounded by water as well. As you look out from the island, you can see the lower peninsula of Michigan, and then you see a big bridge, and then you can see the upper peninsula of Michigan. I'm not quite sure how exactly far that is, but we had to take a boat, of course, to get from the lower peninsula over to Mackinac Island. Pretend with me, if you will, that we were all standing there on Mackinac Island. And as we were standing there, we wanted to get to the UP. We can see it right there. We want to get to the Upper Peninsula. And let's just pretend that every one of us, in order to get there, backs up a little bit, and then we get a run at it, and we run, and we jump as far as we can. Now, it's probably fair to say that some of us are going to get a little bit farther than others. If you're a little more toned, a little more fit, you exercise, you're probably going to get a bit farther than I'm going to get. Some of us are just going to jump and we're going to fall right in the water right away. But don't miss the point. No matter which one of us, who we are, how much we have to bring to that challenge, no matter who we are, every one of us is going to what? We are going to fall short. No one will be able to make it from Mackinac Island to the Upper Peninsula. God's wrath, we've just finished that section in God's wrath, and the the last idea, the last picture that we talked about was in chapter 3, verse 19, that every mouth would be stopped. And the idea here in 3.23 is that nobody can brag and say, well, you know what, I can jump all the way to that land over there. Nobody, every mouth has to be stopped. Maybe some can get farther than others, but the idea is is that no one can say, I can make it in one jump. And the idea also is no one can brag and say, are you ready? No one can say, I have brought any efforts of my own in my salvation. No efforts that I have done have been a part of this. All right, you ready for the next uh, song line? See if you can guess which song we're talking about today in, of this theme of faith. Here's the line from the song. See if you can guess the song. Just in simple faith to plunge me neath the healing, cleansing flood. Do you know what that one is? Just in simple faith to plunge me neath the healing, cleansing flood. That's a song about faith. Let's see if you can if, if you can get that one. If you're taking notes, worship theme number three. Here's the third theme that we see here in Romans three, and that is the word justified. 
justified is what we find here. And I think it's fair to say five times we find this theme here. We find the word justified, I think, three times, and then the word justifier and the word just speaking of God. But Jesus now um, takes us to this beautiful picture of justification. And Paul teaches, and Paul takes us into the world of the law court and into the world of being acquitted for a crime. And so this is a legal term, justified, and it means this. If you're taking notes, write this down. Justified means to declare righteous. So God declares his children righteous based on the work of Jesus Christ. God pronounces us righteous, and he treats us like we did not sin. A great way for us to remember this is just to take that word justified and put a couple dividers right in there and say justified. It's just if I'd never sinned. That's how God treats me. Just if I'd never sinned. Now, I mentioned earlier that God is just. And so since he is just, evil has to be punished. God remains just, but he allows us to escape the wrath by pouring out that wrath on a worthy substitute. And the only worthy substitute was his son, Jesus Christ. Can I take us to that time where Christ was in the garden right before he went to the cross? And that prayer he had, that conversation with the Father. Do you remember, if you're familiar with that story, what Christ's attitude was towards the wrath that was about to be poured out on him? Can you remember what his attitude was in his prayer? He said, basically he said, Father, if there is any other way, if there is any other way for this to be done, can we do that? And of course, we understand. He said, but nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Father, let this cup be removed from me is what he asked. And by the way, was there any other option? Was there anything else, any other option that was there? And the answer is no. The wrath had to go somewhere. And the wrath was poured out on my Savior, Jesus Christ. And so this idea of justified points us to the cross. All right. Song number three. Let's see if you can guess the name of this song. Here's the line. Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? All right. See if you can guess that one. Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? We'll go over the answers at the end. Right now, let's go over worship theme number four. Worship theme number four is the theme of grace. And the word grace is only found one time here, but the word grace is very, very special to us, especially in our day. There are so many of us that refer to the way we live as grace living. And when we see the word grace here, in chapter 3, verse 24, justification is explained in this word, grace. And I'm not going to say a lot about grace, except for to give you one helpful tool to understand what it is. If you take that word grace and kind of write it 
um, you know, going downwards, and you can let each one of those letters represent something, it will help you understand what grace is. And so here's what you can write out if you're taking notes. Grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. God's riches at Christ's expense. That's a good way for us to remember grace. All right, let me give us another line from a song, see if you can guess what it is. Grace that is greater, yes, grace untold, points to the refuge, the mighty cross. You know what that one is? Grace that is greater, yes, grace untold, points to the refuge, the mighty cross. You know the title of that song? When we look at verse number 25, we find an interesting uh, uh, line there where it says, In his divine forbearance, he passed over former sins. This is helpful for us because oftentimes you will talk to someone and you will, um, they will say, well, how were people saved in the Old Testament? Was it because of those animal sacrifices? Is that how they got saved and how they were able to get to heaven? And here it says, in his divine forbearance, he passed over their former sins. Well, the way that people were saved in the Old Testament is the same way that people are saved in the New Testament. They are saved by faith. They were saved by faith in a sacrifice that was yet to come. They were looking for a Messiah. They were looking for someone who would take their sins upon himself. And they might not have known much, much about him, but that is how they were saved. Today we look backwards we can celebrate the cross, and I love the fact that we have so many details and a written record of the work of Jesus on the cross. But here, he gives an explanation as to why those people, before Christ died, were able to get forgiveness. He didn't just, you know, forget about their sins, but they were forgiven because those people had faith in God. All right, worship theme number five. All right, worship theme number five is redemption. We find the word redemption one time here in our passage. And here the Apostle Paul takes us to the world of the slave market, which he would have been familiar with, and also along with that to the world of deliverance, the world of the slave market and deliverance. Redeemed. When we talk about something being redeemed, the idea is, is there had to be a value placed on that what was being purchased there was it was valuable and so let me give us an illustration here in just a moment that helps us to understand this and before i give that let me make sure this message is very very clear to all of us when we are redeemed that means that god places an extremely high value on you you are so valuable to our god and the reason is, is because what was the price that God paid? What was the sacrifice? The sacrifice was his son, his beautiful son. And so this is how valuable you are to God. Let me give an illustration. There was an American woman who was vacationing years ago in Paris. 
And as she was there in Paris, she was just wandering around and looking for some souvenirs. And she wandered into a trinket shop. And as she was in the trinket shop, she saw this necklace. It was an amber necklace, and it caught her eye. And the price was really good. Less than $25 was the price. And so she said, well, this would be a great souvenir for me from Paris here. So she purchased that. And as she made her way home, um, she was thinking more about that and how much she appreciated and liked that necklace that she got. And of course, it meant so much more to her because it was so much of a bargain, she felt. When she got back in the States, she decided to take it to an appraiser just out of curiosity. And as that appraiser looked at that necklace, he stopped and looked up at her and he said, I'll give you $25,000 right now for this necklace. And she was taken back by that $25,000. I didn't even pay $25 for it. Can I ask, what, what makes it so valuable? And so the appraiser said, well, come here and look in and look at this inscription that is here on the necklace. And on the inscription, it read, from Napoleon Bonaparte to Josephine, his first love. Understand, the value was increased because now it is identified with a famous person. Please don't miss the application. Do you understand how valuable you are? So valuable, so loved by God that he gave his son. You are redeemed. The price that was paid was the precious blood of Jesus Christ. All right, let me give us one more uh, line from a song. See if you can come up with the title of this song. I sing for I cannot be silent. His love is the theme of my song. What's the name of that song? I sing for I cannot be silent. His love is the theme of my song. All right, one more uh, worship theme that we're going to go over. Worship theme number six is this. And we read this word just one time in our text. It is propitiation. Worship theme number six is propitiation. Now, some of you are probably, uh, if you're thinking ahead, you're thinking, what song is he going to come up with that has propitiation in it? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be faithful, I think, to our quiz here. But I am going to have to be a little bit creative. When we think of the word propitiation, I think this is a word that we need to not lose as followers of God. It's um, not only not very common, but it's only found two times in the New Testament. We find it um, here in uh, Romans, and I believe it's also in 1 John. And when the word propitiation is given, here's where Paul is taking us. He's taking us to the world of the temple and of sacrifice. That's what you need to keep in mind when you think of propitiation. The temple and sacrifice. The New Living Translation translates this verse in this way. Punishment for our sin to satisfy God's anger. There's an idea of satisfaction. There was sin. God is angry at sin. That sin is satisfied. Now, 
The word propitiation only twice in the New Testament, but when we go to the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Old Testament, so, you know, Paul would have had access to that, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, we find that same word at least 20 times in the Septuagint. And we don't find it uh, in the form of the word propitiation, but instead we find it in the form of these words, mercy seat. That's the idea. Satisfaction because of man's sin and God's wrath on that sin. And we find it 20 times in the Old Testament with the words mercy seat. Does that word mercy seat ring a bell for you? When we study the Ark of the Covenant, we understand that that Ark had a lid on top, and that lid is called the mercy seat. Now, what was it that happened on that mercy seat? Well, we understand, per God's instruction, that there was blood that would be sprinkled on the mercy seat. And what we find here is propitiation tells us that there is a change in location where God meets man. That mercy seat, the Ark of the Covenant, was behind a big, thick curtain, and it was not accessible to everyone. It was a very private thing. And of course, when Christ died on the cross, the veil was torn in two. And we understand that the place where God would meet man would change from that mercy seat, the lid of the Ark of the Covenant, to the place of Calvary. God meets man in the person of Jesus Christ at the cross. It's available to everyone. It's available to you, even on this day. All right. Last question on our worship song quiz. Uh, here's the line from the song. See if you can guess what the title of the song is. You need not fear a disappointment. You shall find rest at the mercy seat. What's the name of that song? You need not fear a disappointment. You shall find rest at the mercy seat. Now, to close our passage, verses 27 through 31, we find kind of a combination where he takes some of what he's been talking about, Jew and Gentile, is anybody better than another, and he mixes some of these new themes in there, faith and justification. And so he really just emphasizes these new ideas along with those old ideas that he's just finished talking about. And the way that he really addresses it is by asking the question, who among us can boast? When we are coming to God for forgiveness, who is there that can raise their hand and say, I am bringing something that's going to make me more acceptable to God? And of course, the question is rhetorical. There is no one who can boast doesn't matter what your family tree is, doesn't matter how talented or how holy you think you are. No one brings anything. It is solely because of the work done by Christ on the cross. And so we have these themes here, these beautiful themes that the Apostle Paul is going to expand on as we continue our study in Romans.
But for today, what can you do? What is it that you can do? Well, here's the application for you. You can sing. You should sing. God has done so much for you. And there needs to be a song in your heart and a song on your lips. What can you do today? You can sing. All right. Let me go ahead and give you the answers to uh, our our song titles there. The first one, Dressed in His Righteousness Alone, Faultless to Stand Before the Throne. What was the name of that song? It was The Solid Rock. That's right, The Solid Rock. All right, uh, second one that we find. Um, Just in simple faith to plunge me neath the healing, cleansing flood. What's the name of that song? It is Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. All right. Number three, are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? The name of that song is, Are You Washed in the Blood of the Lamb? And then number four, grace that is greater, yes, grace untold, points to the refuge of the mighty cross. And the name of that song is, Grace Greater Than Our Sin. Number five, I sing for I cannot be silent. His His love is the theme of my song. And that was, Redeemed is the name of that song. And then our final song line was, You need not fear a disappointment. You shall find rest at the mercy seat. And the name of that song is All Your Anxiety. Well, I trust that you did well with uh, those songs. And I trust that not only do you know the titles of those songs, but they are very much part of who you are, what God has done for you, how special those beautiful themes in Romans are. Let's pray and thank God for what he's done for us. Father, when we look at the previous uh, chapters that we have studied and we have been inundated with this wrath, we thank you that the story does not stop there. But the beautiful transitional words in verse 21, but then, and then Paul goes in to tell us, tell us about grace and about justification, about propitiation, about faith, about redemption, about righteousness. How beautiful to be on the receiving end of this. We thank you that you have changed us. We thank you that there was a worthy sacrifice. None of us can add anything to what you have done, but we thank you for what Jesus Christ did and that because of that, we have joy in this present world and a future in heaven. We praise you and love you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're going to have one song right now. And when we think of the song, It Is Well With My Soul, oftentimes we think of that being one that's going to help us during a down time. But the reason that I chose this song, and Lord willing, we're going to be able to sing the second verse of that song. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. And because of that, we sing, it is well with my soul. We're going to go ahead and sing that this time. Please do sing it if you know it. It is well with my soul. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when so 
those who are participating in this worship service today to spend a season in prayer with me right now. I'm going to give us some specific topics to pray for, and um, then I'm going to ask you if you'd be willing to pray for those. And so would you be willing right now to call out to God during this time when we're not able to meet together? 
first thing I want us to pray for is I want us to pray for our leaders, President Trump, Vice President Pence, Nancy Pelosi, Mitch McConnell, and Governor Whitmer. Would you spend just a moment praying for these by name right now? in our country and in our state. We do thank you, uh, Lord, for the place where we do live. We know that it is a blessing, and we would ask God that your wisdom would come to them. In Jesus' name, amen. And as we continue in prayer, I want to ask all to pray for our church leadership. Pray for those that are in positions of leadership at the church. We'll be having a meeting this coming week and discussing the matters of the church, and we definitely need uh, the, your prayers and also wisdom from the Lord. Pray for our church leadership and also pray for the ministries of the church as um, just about all of them are on hold right now and many serve and it's going to continue to be a blessing. But pray for the church leaders and those that serve in ministries and the various ministries at Calvary right now. getting together or ministering in various ways. We do pray for those that serve. Thank you for those that have been willing in the past and for those who are just anxious and ready to uh, get back to serving again. And I pray for my fellow leaders at the church that you would give wisdom and instruction uh, for the best uh, decisions as we move forward and seek to glorify you in all things through the ministry. And then the final thing I want you to pray for as you're listening at home is would you be willing just to take a moment and pray that the name of Jesus Christ would be magnified. And then I'll let you fill in the blank for how that's going to be. Whether it be an opportunity for you or someone you know to share Jesus Christ um, or for just him to emerge as light in this dark time. But there's, I have no doubt that God's going to do something through this. And so would we could we gather together right now and pray that the name of Christ will be magnified in some way? Take just a moment. Our Lord and Savior, would you give us the creativity that we need to share your name? We thank you for the burden that you place within us. We thank you for the partnership that we have at the church to share the gospel message around the world. And I know there's going to be some things that will be opened up. Keep our eyes open. Help us to be praying for them and ready, Lord, to uh, share the message of Jesus Christ when the opportunity comes up. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I want to thank you for being part of this worship service today, and we're actually going to close with a song that was one of the answers, uh, those great themes that we sang about earlier. And so please do sing along if you know this one, The Solid Rock. Thank you for being part of our worship service today.